Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings, welcome inside. Happy Friday. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, where college football's getting a bigger playoff, and we may have just seen the last 
of Serena Williams. Her U.S. Open swan song has ended. She loses in the third round to Isla Tomjanovic. 7-5-6-7-6-1. It was an incredible match. It was something to watch, to watch her for what might have been the last time. And I'll tell you, Mike, I I mean it when when I said this earlier in the show. There are certain moments that bring us all together as fans. And it doesn't matter if you're the biggest tennis fan in the world, if you, you, know, if you watch all the majors, if you, if you watch tennis all the time, if you watch the tennis channel, if you pay attention when tennis gets to the finals, oh, Serena's playing someone, I'm watching. Oh, it's going to be Nadal and Federer, I'm watching. It's Sampras and Agassi. But Serena Williams has been such an icon and a global personality for the past 25 years. It's one of those moments where you almost have this magnetic thing in your body that if you have the means, I'm watching the end of this because I'm watching the end of history. And and you could be someone that, that, that couldn't even tell you what the four majors are, but I'm watching this for a little bit because it's a sporting event and we're all in on this. We do it for the Super Bowl and big sporting events. Sure, everybody's watching. We're all experiencing the Super Bowl together. But for one person, one icon, everybody is having their own experience with this on a Friday night and everybody is watching and tuning in and finding a way on their phone if they can and just shaking their head watching her try to stave off elimination, staving off what could be the last time she's on the court ever again and and I'll tell you it was it was worth every penny the uh you know that the that two plus hour match that we watched of her trying to stay alive and trying to keep going you got that glimmer in the second set that maybe it was going to happen but you saw that she got tired having to expend so much energy to win that second set the third set it was a she was a different player you were waiting for it waiting for it still at the end she had that final last gasp that she staved off I think four or five match points uh, before finally succumbing I mean this is really something on a Friday night and it's 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 a moment that we all are experiencing together, experiencing what could be the end of Serena, while individually we're all watching it, but it's all something that we're kind of all connected to. Just a real special moment to have that right now. Well, we always look for the the icons, right? We, we try to get that goat word in whenever we can, and I'll leave it to the tennis purists that have watched the last 50 years of the sport to decide where it all ranks and how many competitors there were and how deep the field was to try to win all of those things. Uh, that's not my, my forte as it were. I'm happy to give it a go and I'll chime in if you want at swollen dome at uh, how about a fresca? No question about it. But the, the fact of the matter is when we get to these moments, you, you don't know when they're going to come, right? Even this in a tournament match one celebration match two, more celebration, but a little more subdued, all right? Just business, keep going. And then tonight has the address, the waves, and and then that's it. And Tom Janovich went and almost apologized for winning. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody who's beaten her in the last five years, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I've beaten you. I, I, I'm, Citing, I'm really, really sorry. yeah, what she means to the sport and how she was mad at herself. And I, I, I thought it was a nice telling moment uh, that after losing that second set, Knowing, hey, I got to refocus because this is going to get slip away from me real fast if I don't. That she's still on her game and she can still come up and get me. So I I thought that was a a pretty good moment as well because in the end you're you're all it's all speculation. Is he is she done? Is it part time status? Is it one more through the majors? Is it you know we're not going to know. And right now Serena doesn't know from her comments from everything leading in, the evolving 
tag. I mean, it's creative use of the, of the language, right? We usually get into retirement or euphemisms such as walking away, walk the earth, uh, downtime, wh- whatever it is, uh, family obligations. I need my family time. Uh, I, you know, re- how many coaches have walked away because they need to spend time with their family only to show up on a sideline 18 months to two years later? It happens all the time. For Serena Williams, she gave us a show tonight, and even those that are casual fans of tennis, and I mean that in the most uh, broad terms you could possibly put it, as in they know the sport exists and they may have played it once upon a time in high school or when their parents forced a racket into their hands as kids. Uh, everybody knew what was going on tonight. Stakes, even, even my, my daughters, they're not paying much attention to a lot of it. Sports is uh, not quite the enemy but it's not quite the friend uh, in the household. Ask anybody that's worked in our business long enough. There's there's a love-hate relationship with a lot of components to the sporting world. Even they were keenly aware of what was going on in New York these last couple nights and really what it means for the passage of time and, and the change, that generational thing that we see and the next taking their position. Now, why is it so hard for her to retire? Why is it so hard? Because... Clearly, she sounds like she's done, but everything has been, no, I'm not going to use that word. I never want to say never. Athletes know when it's time to retire. They know when they're done. This is the most important thing Serena said after the match and her loss to Tomjanovic is here's a little bit of a, of a light and a little bit of a glimpse into the competitive fire that still lurks in her. Take a listen. The quality of this match was unreal. Is there any chance you'll reconsider? (laughs) I mean, I'm literally playing my way into this and getting better. I should have started sooner this year. Um, That's the biggest thing she said right there. I'm literally playing my way into this. I should have started sooner this year. She has seen herself play at a pretty good level here at the U.S. Open, and she wasn't really in close to being in top physical shape. She's still playing her way into it. Boy, and now she's having a little bit of remorse of, had I started sooner, maybe my run continues. Maybe I can win again. So she's stuck with the fact that I can still do it, but I, you know, it, can, can I still win? Because that's why she's having such a, such a tough time. Serena, in the last four years, has fallen short in majors, just short, six times. She made it to the finals in Wimbledon in the U.S. Open in 2018 and 2019. Four finals of the two tournaments she's won the most. Didn't win. Made the semis of the U.S. Open in 2020. She had some injuries. Made the semis of the Australian Open last year in 2021. She had some injuries. For someone like Serena, you want to walk away with an exclamation point. Like we watch Michael Jordan walk away making the shot over Brian Russell and okay, we want to walk away the way. No, no, no. Jordan couldn't take it. He had to come back. He had to come back. Everybody wants to walk away like John Elway. I'm walking off the football field with, with, with the football held up high. That's it. That's my last game. And when you've won as much as Serena has for the last four and a half years to get that close and not have one win? Like, had she won the U.S. Open in 2019? Had she won Wimbledon in 2019? Had she won the U.S. Open in 2020? It would be a lot easier to walk away because I had that one more win. I I was still a completely dominant player, and now I'm doing it. But when when you're that kind of winner, and and Serena's that kind of winner, man, I'm looking at it as like I was 0 for 6. 
right? Like those are six tournaments I should have won, and I was 0 for 6. I didn't win one of them. And that's very frustrating to walk away that way when you're that kind of a winner because she knows. She knows what her record is the last few years. She knows it well. I won a major in 2017, and that was it. And I was able to get really, really close, but the young players beat me. Naomi Osaka beats me. It's, it, I just couldn't get there. And it's really hard to walk away because she's, she's, she's caught in between. She knows she's still great, but she hasn't been able to get over the hump one time in the last few years. Had she won one more of those tournaments, this would have been it. Hey, that's it. I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm not going to get a better send-off than this at the U.S. Open with everybody coming to watch me play. It's a very emotional week. If she couldn't play, that's another thing. Hey, I'm done. I'm not going to win at all. I'm, I'm completely finished, right? The other players are telling me I'm done because I'm 40 and I can't do it. But I just beat the number two seed in the U.S. Open. And could I, could I get one more? Can I really walk away knowing that maybe I could get one more? That's a hard thing. The maybe is tough because like, like Phil Sims always would say, life after football is long. When I thought I was done, I wanted to play one or two more years and two more years after that. Because life after football, when you're not doing it, is long. And, and Serena knows life after tennis is going to be long. And you don't want to walk around going, ah, I could have played another couple of tournaments. I could have played another year. Um, if I had just busted my ass a little bit more uh, in prepping and getting ready, and, and, and if I had focused on it, maybe I could have won again. So she's really in a stuck position where I can still do it and I could still get there, but I have to make the commitment to wanting to do it a couple of times. I'm not saying she's going to suddenly come back and play all these minor turks. She's not going to play in Milwaukee and play in Topeka. I mean, she'll come back for maybe a couple of majors next year. It's hard to walk away when this is what you're walking away from. If, if you're Serena, you want to walk away and have no uncertain terms, I'm done. This is it. I've done everything I can do, and this is my legacy as a champion and the best tennis player that anybody's ever seen. And And whenever she talks about it, she seems like she's still in the, yeah, I, yeah, I think so, but I don't know. I think she's got a lot of emotions going on right now and doesn't really know what she's going to wind up deciding. No, the best, uh, best of the worlds is if you go out and get your teeth kicked in because then it's just, all right, raise my racket and walk off into the sun, sunset. Let everybody cheer me, do a pirouette or two, and you're done. Instead, you win two matches. You beat the number two player. And you're looking around going, uh, all right, I may be a little bit older. I may not move sideline to sideline like I once did, but I'm still pretty good and still recover. And when it comes to returning volley, they still seem to have a real hard time getting a handle on it oftentimes. So it, it's – we talked to a lot of football players, ex-football players that have worked and walked around these halls, Jason – and you know that everyone has that moment where they they knew the body probably wasn't willing anymore, but the brain still said, I got something left. I want to prove something. Or there was something to play for that one last time. They wanted to go out on their, quote, own terms, which is something everybody hopes to do. But let's face it, uh, they don't give out a lot of gold watches for 35 years of service or whatever arbitrary number companies and establishments and have, and they sure as hell don't do it in sports. You don't get to retire gracefully very often. For Serena Williams right now, she's got the the worst of all decisions because this this would be the greatest moment. It's like, oh, leave them wanting a little bit more. The George Costanza walk off in the conference room. Here's my one-liner. See you later. I can't top that. 
We watched her play two great matches and lose in a contested, hotly contested third set. Yeah, it goes down as 6-1, but there were still some anxious moments coming out of that second set and still some big plays on her part. And so now you got to go do the soul searching. What does it require for that extra to train a little bit earlier? Is that a week? Is that a month? Is that two months? What does that do with the time and attention? Hell, we've been talking about it with Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. Did you have conversations with your husband about this being the final run that suddenly become an issue? And how much you believe that is or isn't what was going on with the 11-day sabbatical by Tom Brady? It's a story nonetheless because it speaks to the larger human condition outside of the white lines of the decisions that you make and the impact they have of those around you. Looking at raising a little girl, looking at building your businesses and all the other philanthropic and, and business ventures that are out there, that that time goes away. Do you want to push those aside to try to keep pursuing one last run at glory, thinking that an extra couple of weeks or two months or whatever time frame you put on it are suddenly going to put you back as a champion? That's a heavy weight to carry. And for now, I'm just really glad I don't have to do it, and I got to watch one hell of a show. What if that's what? It, what if? What if this whole last leading up to this, Brady and Giselle were on vacation with Serena and her husband, and that's all I talked about was going back and playing. What if that's what? What if it was a four people vacation? That's what and it was. now they're banging each other. Oh, so Frostberg, stop with that! Stop. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Well, another night of college football. We have upsets. We have a big day tomorrow. And oh, by the way, there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, now we have a expanded playoff. Going to get to 12 teams, likely sometime between 2024 and 2026. This was the big story today. The College Football Playoff Board approving that expansion. I think the biggest thing to say is, why was this so hard? Joining us now on the hotline, the owner, proprietor, Grand Poobah of collegefootballnews.com. You are one-stop shopping for everything. College football, longtime friend of the show, Pete Futek. Pete, Pete, why was this so hard to get this playoff, Pete? Why was it so hard? I don't know. I've never figured out why this took so much. It was like all of a sudden, everyone kind of figured out that, yeah, we, we have a lot of money we could make here. Let's just do it. So it's not bad. I, I, I don't quite get I, I have a lot of friends who I've been texting and tweeting back and forth with about, oh, my God, this is the end of college football. This ruins the sport. It makes it so easy. Like, it's fine. It's actually all good. I don't see any downside because as we speak, there's no real mechanism that automatically gets you into the college football playoff. Obviously, if you win the SEC championship for Big Ten title or you know, something like that and go undefeated and do it, you're in. But you're not guaranteed anything. It's a panel of judges that does this. And if you applied how college football has done its playoff and championship system to any other sport, you'd be like, that's insane. That's good. I've never gotten so much hate mail as I did when I read, wrote the article once that said, let's apply the college football model to, say, the NFL. And just imagine if you had a panel of judges that said, you know what, we're going to take these four teams, and those are our teams. And everybody got mad at me at being absurd. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. Now at least you can play your way into this thing, and it's a real big plus for college football. It's going to, at the end of the day, we're going to have more meaningful games in December, and it's going to take a little bit of the emphasis off of the exhibition games. 
pretty entertaining, though, Pete, in that we had one full day of college football action. Go back to Saturday in Northwestern Nebraska as well, where we were talking about bad coaching decisions and officials, and today we're right back to the structure of college football. (laughs) I can't tell if the timing on this, if they decided it's not a Friday night news dump if everyone's talking about Serena 1 and college football 2. So, like, I don't know why that this, this, it's not like they're hiding anything now if they're doing the, they put this out right in a Friday afternoon or if they're trying to do it front and center. But it's a good thing. It's a real positive. I mean, think of how many more fan bases are going to be involved. Think of how much more fun these games are going to be. And it's not going to devalue the regular season. It'll be just fine. It's harder than everyone thinks to finish in the top eight, seven or eight, which you're going to need to do if you don't win your conference championship. And it's going to just make the season just that much more fun. All right, so, so complete this sentence for me here. Because my, if I complete, I would say, the people who are upset about this, and I would complete the sentence by saying, just want to be mad about something. So I ask you, the people who want to complain about expanding the playoff are What? I don't know. They, they, they all have – the thing about college football is everyone – it's like any other sport to a certain extent, baseball probably more than others, is everyone has a story of when they were, you know, 11 years old and they went with Papa to the game and, you know, this is how things went. And, you know, they, they just – they don't want to change anything about the sport. And I get it. You know, tradition's a big part of this thing. But for the most part, it's, I, I do get the idea that you don't want to devalue the regular season. Because every other play, I mean, honestly, you know, we watch because that's what we do. But you don't really need to watch an NBA game until, oh, I don't know, May. You know, and if you kind of miss the whole NHL season, if you just tuned in starting the playoffs, you'd probably be just fine. And on and on and on. College basketball regular season has been totally devalued. And I think that's the fear that the fun and excitement of, a, you know, a Notre Dame versus Ohio State in the first weekend now wouldn't mean as much. But it would. It would still be a really big, giant deal. Uh, it just kind of means that some of these other games mean more. And, again, at the end of the day, think of how awesome it would have been if that Baylor goal line stand against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship, that got him into the playoffs. That, that would have just been epic, or more epic than it was. You know, think of how much more fun the Utah fan base would have had if they just played their way in. And, you know, people actually might watch the ACC championship for the first time because it's always on at the same time as the Big Ten championship. And now, you know, it just makes these games that much bigger and gets, these, gets so many more fan bases involved. It just really is a positive. It really does not devalue the regular season like a lot of people want to think it does. All right, Pete, you opened the door by bringing up Notre Dame and, and Ohio State, 17-17 in the hook, wherever you're looking at, to find your line. How does Freeman pull off the upset? By the way, that's a professional guest segue I just handed you there. So that no, was that's pretty good, Pete. No, that's good. You're already uh, – Pete Futak already in midseason form here with his college football takes. Oh, we ain't week, we ain't week zero anymore. That was, <laughs> that was, that was the, the, soft, the soft opening and the mistakes were last week. Now it's on. Uh, yeah, that, that was Northwestern <laughs> taking down Frosty. And now we're into no, the real stuff. I am I'm kind of a believer. The two games, the two big ones tomorrow, obviously, are the Notre Dame-Ohio State one and um, Oregon-Georgia, where you've got these, you know, Notre Dame could lose, the, get smoked in this, and roll through. If you look at the rest of the schedule, they could roll right through it with, if they beat Clemson at home and get in the college football playoffs. 
And Oregon, also a 17-ish point underdog. And they could roll the rest of their schedule after this, no matter what happens against Georgia. And they could be a college football playoff caliber team. So are Ohio State and Georgia just that much better? I mean, that's a lot of points to be given away to these two teams. I love the underdogs. I mean, we could be talking next week and it was, you know, 55 to 2 or something that Ohio State rolled and it wouldn't be a shock. But I kind of think that Notre Dame's got the lines, they got the defense, they got the secondary. I don't think they win, but I do think that they at least make this a little more competitive than I think the, the Ohio State crowd thinks. And I am really interested in seeing Oregon. I think that if I think as a severely undervalued team, the talent they've got on their line, that linebacking core might be the best in America. I kind of think that they're going to put come up with something big tomorrow. And again, if not, then we're going to see performance art from two of the star teams here because Notre Dame and Oregon are very, very good. College football insider Pete Futek with us here, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, so if you had your crystal ball out here, we're looking ahead, obviously, you know, Alabama's overwhelming favorite to make it to the playoff. Ohio State is there, too. Give me a couple of teams that are a little bit off the beaten path that you can see with a path to the current playoff as we see, unless they make a decision and they're going to change the 12 teams for this year. Uh, If there's only four teams, uh, who's a couple of teams off the beaten path? You might say, hey, you know what? It's not just Alabama, not just Ohio State, Georgia, LSU. These are the teams I like. Who would you give me? Can I start with a team that shouldn't be, that seems like it's obvious, but it's it's not? How about USC? We're missing that. It's so underappreciated that how – they just went from being, you know, pretty good. I mean, all the Pac-12 types last year to go into last season that they had as much talent as anybody in the Pac-12, maybe unless a, you know, outside of Oregon, if Oregon's fully healthy. And obviously the wheels just came off immediately on that. Well, now most of those guys are back, and now they got a two-deep full of free agents that just it's an all-star team. Their skill guys are as good, if not better, than any in America. Maybe Ohio State's a little bit better, but not by much. They've got the skill guys. I think the lines are severely underappreciated. And they got Lincoln Riley, and they got the schedule. They have a few games where they get to kind of tune this whole thing up, and then it's really a kind of a three-game slate if they don't biff it against an Arizona State or something like that because they don't play Oregon. They don't play Washington. They got to go to Utah. US, UCLA is going to be a problem, and Notre Dame. If they win two of those three games, again, talent-wise, there's no reason why they can't be right there with everybody else. And on a high note, on a you know high rent district level, you got to include Clemson when we talk about Alabama and Ohio State, and maybe Georgia is kind of a knee-jerk automatic. But that defense is going to be amazing, and I think the offense turns it around a little bit. I know those are kind of like there's not really crazy answers there, but those are the two that I kind of think. And the other thing to remember in a transfer portal era that nobody has a number two quarterback anymore. I mean, some do. Like LSU's got a quarterback battle, and some have a couple. But Alabama doesn't have a Tua or a Mac Jones sitting there if something happens to Bryce Young. Uh, Ohio State doesn't have Quinn Ewers, who's now at Texas or someone like that who's ready to rock and roll right out of the gate if something happens to C.J. Stroud. So if any of the two superstar quarterbacks go down for any stretch of time, the whole tenor of the season might change fast. What do you think of uh, Jim Harbaugh's decision to 
trot guys out in game one, game two, and we'll make a decision thereafter. Hey, maybe game Roy. three, game four. He might have third and four string guys that start those next couple of games. Never you never know, Mike. Well, first of all, they never. First of all, you have to do this because they never under Harbaugh. They never came out with a depth chart to begin with, and now in the transfer portal era, you can't because if he chooses one of his two quarterbacks, instantly the vultures come just flying in and just snap up whoever that number two guy is and said, "Hey, you're our number one immediately if you come here." So you've got to juggle this. You got to say, well, like TCU, I think did this. They named a starter today, but uh, just before the game, obviously they had to actually play it. But they did this too. They said, we got three quarterbacks we're going to play around with because, again, the second you come up with a quarterback depth chart, then all of a sudden everyone else is going to want your other guy, and you're going to lose them. So this is how Harbaugh has to do it. This is how the coaches have to do this in the modern day. All right, lastly, Pete, I know you're going to tell me Sean Tucker, but if not Sean Tucker for the Heisman <laughs> Trophy, who is your pick for the Heisman? If I can go to the field, I would do it. I, look, I don't, <laughs> think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be Stroud. He just, he's not going to put up the same numbers because the Ohio State defense is going to be better, and I don't think it's going to be Bryce Young because it's just not going to be Bryce Young, even though he's probably worth it. Uh, I would, it's not going to be Will Anderson either. It just is too hard for a defensive guy. If I'm going a little bit off the beaten path, I'm going to say Jackson Smith and the Jigbo. We already saw what a great wide receiver could do with Devontae Smith. He might just have that kind of a year for Ohio State where he's just the best player on the field every time out, and we just have to vote for him for the Heisman. Or I think this is going to be one of those quirky years where somebody comes out and just puts up a just God, crazy statistical season like a Malik Cunningham out of Louisville or someone like that who just goes ballistic with the, uh, the numbers and all of a sudden gets this thing done. So uh, those guys, and I will say again, if I, my USC love can kick in, because they don't have that tough a schedule and because that offense is going to be so great, Caleb Williams, watch out for him. I'm, I am all in on being USC fanboy this year. He's on Twitter at Pete Futak. That is at Pete Futak. Every single bit of college football news you need, he's got at collegefootballnews.com. All the previews, all the analysis, all the game-breaking you need. Uh, Pete, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Looking forward to another year, my friend. Absolutely, guys. You have a good weekend. Be good, brother. Take it easy. Pete was ready, man. Again, not zero week for Pete Futek, Mike Harmon. He was ready. No, he's he's back to his walks. Back to. I wanted to ask him if anything in the training process changed. You know, with all of the previews <laughs> that he writes for collegefootballnews.com and all of the radio spots that he does and podcasts that he appears on. Has anything changed? Is he up an extra cup of coffee? Maybe another energy drink? Maybe he takes a nap in a hyperbaric chamber? I don't know. That's one of the things we'll have to figure out from Pete as the weeks go on. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, right now, college football, a stat line I want to give you that's absolutely insane. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, seven and a half to go before halftime. TCU leads Colorado seven to six. Okay? The game was delayed because of some weather. Yep, delayed because of some weather. Yes, TCU leads seven to six. TCU has a grand total of 28 yards of offense tonight. Colorado's got 
over 150. Well, they it's very 20. much like that old Dominion game earlier. Virginia Tech <laughs> was moving the ball all over the place, but finished the game with four turnovers. Actually, 20. five, I think, when it was all said and done. 28 yards of offense. 28. And they are leading this game 7-6 on the strength of punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. So uh, more college football on the way. Again, we're Big winning. plays, we're baby. Hey, it terrible. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're playing awful. It makes no difference. Uh, but tonight we may have seen the end of Serena Williams playing what could have been her last match at the U.S. Open. She falls in three sets to Isla Tomjanovic and very tearful press conference and, and, and time after the match where she said she didn't know what her plans were. Was she going to retire? She wasn't sure. Never say never. Uh, what is the future going to be for Serena Williams? Now, that is something – look, I could tell you. I'll tell you exactly what it's going to be. She came into this tournament, and we've said this this week, with the idea that she was 100% retired? No, but probably with the idea that if things go poorly, I, I'm done. If I have another tournament or I just get drubbed, I know I'm finished and I'm walking away from tennis at, at, where, where I should be. But now that she has played well – and the emotion of this week with every single superstar in the world basically coming to watch her play. It's been an amazing week. She's owned the news cycle. It's been emotional. It's been a whirlwind. You know what it's like when things like this happen. She's going to, at this point, let the world stop. And we're not going to hear from her for a while. She's going to take the next few months off, the rest of the calendar year off, and she's going to let it sit. And she's not going to make any decisions. We're not going to get a, a press conference next week or a sources. Serena is retiring, and here's one more press conference. Everything is emotional. She's not going to have as, as good a goodbye at the U.S. Open that she'll get after this week. But she could still win, and with a little more training, she even admitted, I could go farther in big major tournaments. She's going to take the next few months and see if that fire is still there and if you get to the end of the year when the calendar turns to to 2023 and maybe it's not quite there for australia but she feels like you know what after this i got the itch i'm gonna come back and play she will get into some kind of multiple month training for the next big major she wants to play whether it's australia whether it's the french open whether it's wimbledon because that that's kind of where it seems like she is she said after the match tonight i feel like i'm still playing my way back into shape and she had a great run right going to the third round beating the second seeded overall player so we're not going to hear anything she's going to sit it's going to be a while and to understand okay am i really done or is that fire there? Because if that fire starts to get back and I start getting the itch and want to get out, I want to hit some balls, I want to do these things, then she's going to keep playing. But this is going to be a while away, and I wouldn't expect to hear anything until we get to the next major, until we get to you know the calendar flips, we get to the Australian Open. Hey, is Serena going to play? And then, then maybe we get something, or maybe it's a, I'm not playing this tournament. You never know. I'm doing other things. So I wouldn't expect news on this for quite a long time. Just like Sean Connery, never say never again. The opportunities may present themselves, scheduling and and where you're feeling physically. I mean, you got to let the emotion wash off you. You know, we've been talking about it a lot with business dealings, personal relationships, all of those things. You know, sometimes when you, you got to go and make those big decisions, you got to let the emotion find its way out. Why they always say, hey, count to 10 before you open your mouth, take a walk, all of those things. Because once the words are out there, once that email or text has been sent, you, you can't take it back. 
unless you've got some super sleuthing because someone's in a meeting so you can get to their electronics. But I'll leave that for movies and TV shows. In the practical world, that's not going to happen. You're not being able to take it back, erase it, pour a cup of coffee on it, and make it not happen. Uh, the fact of the matter is that you, you've got to let that drain out and go back again into the whole planning phase of what it would take, right? The Australian is mid-January, if if my, my memory serves, mm-hmm. right? So that doesn't give you a lot of time to just say, I'm taking time off, especially if you're saying you're going to need extra weeks to ramp up. So that would be a, a pretty fast decision to start ramping the body up. But a lot of that work has been done ahead of this this week's tournament. So perhaps you're, you're part of the way there and you just keep building after a little bit of rest and and rehabilitation, you know, get your get your muscles right and your mind right. Because there's got to be a million things flowing through. Can only imagine the weight of the world. I know you do, do need to show up at Denver at some point to watch Russ Cook. <laughs> you need she's to show up watch. wherever Tiger yeah. next, you know, tees off, and you got to support him now. You yeah, got a lot of make go goods. Everybody who has come to see her this week, she now has to go Crappy see. Crappy movies that point. they're in. She's got to go to a Mets on Broadway game. that is going to be awful. All right, I'll show up. Yeah, what Lindor, do you say? Hey, Serena, Fr- let's ride. Lindor, Lindor was there the other night. She's got to go to Mets games now. She's got to make sure that's Stay in town for go. a couple of days and yeah. go to a Mets game. I mean, look, there, there's a lot of, of make goods that have to happen here because your uh, entire community came out to support you. And, and that means a lot, too. And so with all of that, is there a finality that comes to it for that? Or do you want to go through that process again? Because I got to imagine it took an awful lot out of her. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.